Oh, great Jehovah. Great Father, great, great Father. Move thee behind the cross. And let me focus your word so that we will be blessed this day. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The sermon title is simply, How Much Do You Love the Father? It is not often that I call Janella and say, change the sermon title, change it back. Change the sermon title, change it back. Change the sermon title, change it back. I got to the point where I almost said, don't put one at all. And it wasn't that I necessarily struggled only with the pastors, but I struggled at times with fathers. And it's interesting, the day that I struggle, I've given away all my tissues and there wasn't anything behind the pulpit. I asked Miss Brenda for a tissue and you know a good mother say, baby, this one's a little wrinkled, but it ain't nothing on it. Go ahead and take it. And another good sister used it to wipe their glasses. They do you need it back? That's good relationship. Then I asked Miss Thomas as I watched the praise dancers because their dance was a touching dance about thank you. And I said, Miss Thomas, do you have any tissues? And I guess she looked at me like, don't you have any tissues? Okay, girl, what's all I do? That's not what she said. She said, sure, I have some. Let me go in my bag and get them. And a true Christian woman she is, her tissues smell like chewing gum or peppermint. That's when you know you got a good church tissue. It's got that mint and julep and whatever's in the pocketbook because a mama carries a lot of things to church that she may not carry other places. But the sermon title is, How Much Do You Love the Father? And as I prepared this message, I thought about all the things that my daddy taught me. He didn't carry in his bag what my mama carried in his bag, because he didn't carry a bag. He carried a gun. I ain't going to tell no lie. My daddy was a detective, and everywhere we went, he carried a gun. If he rode bicycle with me and he was in his casual clothes, he was a cop 24-7. He packed that gun down in that bicycle bag and gave a brother on the look as we driving. You don't know what I do, but don't roll up on my daughter like that. I'm packing. My daddy had interesting lessons. He always said, have you a good cat? Be prepared. It might get sunny and you don't want to lose your cool. But don't wear just any hat. Wear a hat that you like. So if somebody talk about it, it don't hurt you. Now, if you don't like that hat, and he would wear some beat-down hats. He'd wear them hats that... Looked like he should have been a fisherman, but he ain't never fished nowhere. Wear a hat. And then he would say, girl, get you some good sunglasses. Because it's going to get sunny. 
But don't get some that you can't afford to lose because you know you will lay your glasses down and you will lose them. I lost many a glasses between second grade and fifth grade, and I got to be on a plan where my parents would say, you're going to lose part of your allowance away for your glasses because we're going to make you independent early on because you can't seem to keep up with the ones we buy. So maybe once you start purchasing them for yourself, you might keep up with those glasses. After fifth grade, I didn't lose no more glasses because my allowance started buying my glasses. Okay? But I buy dollar sunglasses because my daddy said, if you lay them down somewhere, you might help somebody else in the sunshine. So to this day, I still buy dollar sunglasses. Then my daddy said, keep you a hammer. Keep you a hammer, boo, because you need to know how to test something down. Keep you a hammer. You may not know how to do anything but tap a few nails in. You don't know what kind of nails they are. You don't know whether they're nails that are going concrete, wood, or whatever. Just keep you a good hammer. And when you meet the right guy in your life, he'll be glad you have a hammer because most sisters don't have a hammer. So this is the hammer I left home with 20-plus years ago when I left to get in my first apartment. So that's why I've got all these multi-color paints and stuff because, you know, it can't even pull a nail out the wall no more because it's broke, but it's still got that little front thing. And it's just light enough that a sister can handle it. This ain't no hammer that a brother can look at that and say, what kind of hammer? This is a woman hammer. But your daddy taught you things that you still do, even though you may not admit that he taught you. I never knew when my dad was hurt. But when he passed, I found all of these cold, hot, heating pads, special wraps that go under the leg. And I found all of this junk at the house. I said, Mama, who's stuff is all that? Girl, when your daddy get hurt, we have to have all of these special emergency stuff. But you never could smell it. It didn't have like your grandmother linting it smell, you know, when your grandma said, now, baby, you get hurt, you rub that down, and then you wrap it up and all. Daddy didn't have that kind of stuff. He had this stuff that could easily be under his pant leg. Or, we didn't know he was hurt. So some of us, I'll say to you, the lessons you learned from your daddy, you didn't know he was hurt. Because you thought he was the strongest man in the world. You thought he never cried a tear. You never thought he was sad about nothing. He was the strongest man in the world. The strongest man. And I'm just saying, hurt my dad. I remember the time my dad was in the hospital because he'd been stabbed 17 times. And I said to my mother, what do we do now? And she said, baby, you pray. I said, well, we, we, we're told to do that at church, and I hear what you say, but I'm asking, what do we do now? And she said, baby, we pray. I said, do we go to the hospital? Do we go see about them? She said, no, you and your sister stay here and pray. 
and I'm going to see about my husband. That's when I realized that there was a difference in the relationship between a daddy and a husband. There were things that my mama and daddy, that was grown people stuff, that wasn't part of our relationship. So when my dad got sick and my mother said, baby, you don't need to come home, I'm going to go and see about my husband. I was grown then, and I said to my mother, I'm coming home to see about my husband. That's the open part. But we have a God that's greater than what my dad and my taught me, with the memories of what my dad gave me. And some of you may not even know your earthly daddy very well. And some of you would even say, truth be told, I know who he is, but I haven't seen him. But that's not the message I'm preaching about today. The message I want to leave with you today is, do you love your father? The Old Testament scripture is about a, a, a familiar relational message. It's about Hagar. Ishmael, Isaac, Sarah, and Abraham. And above all, it's about a father who made promises. Promises that he kept and continues to keep this day. Because the writer, Dr. Renita Weems, which is an African-American doctoral Old Testament, one of few in the country, studies that passage. And she often reflects that that Hagar passage is a reflection of the African American people in America. And on this 140th anniversary of Juneteenth, think about the reflection of Hagar. Hagar had the other son. But she got into that because Sarah didn't believe Jesus Christ as we talked last week. Sarah said, no, Abraham, go on and get with this woman. But they ended up with two sons. And when the sons began to grow and they were weaned from their mother, Sarah got a little concerned. She said, get this boy up over here. Now, Abraham, don't make me upset again. That's a 21st century look at what she would have said to Abraham, her husband. The boys didn't argue. They weren't having problems being brother to brother to each other, having fun. They didn't have problems. But how much do you love your father? The father above simply said to Abraham, listen to your wife. And then Hagar had to leave. But in that leaving, God promised the blessing. He didn't say because of how this young man came into the world, he's not really your son. He said, I promise nations out of both of your children. So the first thing about loving God is understanding that there are promises made to us that we must trust and believe that he's going to fulfill the two sons of Abraham, great nations, were going to be made. 
When you go over to the gospel message, the first thing it talks about, who are we to be like? We are like to be like the master. When I first began reading these types of scriptures, I didn't particularly care for the slave master. I get a little peculiar. Can't they write this another way? Can't get I can I get a translation that don't have to be a slave master? Don't they understand the relationship of black people to the context of what this is? And one day, Holy Spirit, excuse me, uh, can you remove yourself out of that personally? This was bigger than you, made before you, even greater than you can imagine. So if it upsets you, then you go and repent. Ask God to forgive. But don't get hung up on this language, girlfriend. Step back. Step back. And I began to see what it was teaching. Here's Jesus, and here we are. Be like him. It didn't say be like Mike. It didn't say be like Jim. It didn't say be like Bob. It said be like the master. The master of the sea. The master who can breathe on situations and they will change. The master that can speak to the water and will get calm. The master that has spoke to your finances and turned your life around. Be like him. Both the promises that your father gives, he also teaches and equips you to walk in Because all who God calls, he equips them for the calling. Therefore, if he called you to do it, walk it out. These scriptures are characteristic. Because you have to read them once, twice, three, four times and say, okay, this is not the friendly love joy, happy-go-lucky, but the promises are there. Not only is it character building, but there are challenges in them. When you get to that part in Matthew and it says, look at here. There's going to be some challenge in your family because when you get your relationship right with Jesus Christ and your husband doesn't yet get your, his relationship right with Jesus Christ and your mama don't have hers yet right and your daddy hasn't yet confessed, I still need you to love this, but you can't love them more than you love me. You either love me fully or you won't be able to love me at all because you need to pick up your cross, follow me where I say go. But at the bottom line, how much do you love me? The only thing this passage can ring out from the front to the back is that the love of our heavenly Father is greater than icy hot packs, bigger than the sunglasses, I don't care how much sun comes, ain't enough shade. And you can knock on all the walls, tan down if you choose to. But the love of Jesus Christ is about hearing the promises, believing the promises, and knowing that he has promised you everlasting life. Knowing that you need to first make allegiance to him. On this June 10th, 140, ask God how you need to reconcile in your family 
in this community, in the forgiveness of God's grace? How does it come upon you? How does it resonate in your heart? It does that when you first made a allusion to the How much do you love me? Can you even begin to count the rest? Do you love him enough to say, Mama, Daddy, cousin, cousin, shook him, boo, daddy, or whatever, I really, really love you. But I'm not going to lose my religion, lose my love for Jesus Christ, because you simply haven't decided you're going to walk this thing out. I'm not going to judge what you do. I'm not going to speak negative about you. I'm going to unconditionally love you, because the Father said, I should be like the Master. I should become more like the teacher. I'm going to follow God's example. I'm going to look at what Jesus said, and I'm going all the way with him. Everybody ain't made that commitment yet. But we got to pray that we will walk each other out until we do. But in the meantime, forgive your dad for all the dancing school recitals he didn't come to. Forgive your daddy for all the track practice he promised he was going to be at the baseball game, football game, whatever, and he couldn't make it. Forgive him for not being what you thought he ought to be. And say, but I love Jesus Christ enough to see he's a great man. He gave me everything he could, and what he couldn't give me, if he could have gave me, he would have gave me. Look at your daddy. Smile on him and say, God, man, I don't even know what was going on in 1942. But thank you for staying alive long enough to tell you that. My dad passed in 1994. The first Father's Day, that June of 94, I didn't buy nobody a card. I'm a card sender for Father's and Mother's Day particularly. I didn't send my play dad, no uncle. I didn't send nobody a card. My own daddy dad, I ain't send nobody a card. I ain't speaking to nobody. Thanks be to God you get deliverance, amen. And I can now see his love through my son, through even my mother, through other relationships because God so reigned down. The lessons that he put in our hearts. And so I say to you this morning, if you miss your daddy, tell the good If you miss seeing him, Pray to the big daddy that your soul is well. If you miss your daddy, just fall down on your knees and say, Gosh darn, I really miss my daddy. But then say to God of all, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for providing. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for setting the model. Thank you for teaching me how to be who you need me to be this day. So I close simply with this. Some details we need to stop drawing the line. Are you Hagar's daughter's child or are you Sarah's child? Are you a child of the Most High God? Did he promise you a nation? Are you willing to become the nation he promised to you? Stop drawing the line. 
some details of God's business, and even when the secret comes out, it's still God's business. You're here now. Thanks be to God, you've been born, breathed, loving, caring, walk it out. Don't hold each other hostage. Oh, no, no. This is sovereignty. This is Juneteenth. This is a time where we are free. And he who the Lord says is free. Will you stand this morning and sing the hymn of praise? It is well with my soul. Sing verse 1, please. The doors of the church are open. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you seek to know the Father that you don't know at the moment, step into the aisle and join with this fellowship of faith that you can walk out your spiritual journey in the way that God has promised, only that he can promise unto you. In the name of Jesus, amen.